say my name until the city burns and the stars fade away and your scars don't hurt i will hold you till the sun comes crashing down i'm yours until the end of time hey everyone welcome to the restored to more podcast a listener supported podcast that is dedicated to restoring marriages to wholeness in christ after being affected by pornography and sexual brokenness After betraying charity with pornography and unwanted sexual behavior, we had no idea how to rebuild our relationship or even if it was possible to restore what was broken. Today, by God's grace, we have learned how to connect again, laugh again, and rebuild spiritual, emotional, and sexual intimacy to an even greater experience than before. Our goal is that as you hear our story, the stories of others, and the knowledge needed to heal, you too can have a marriage that is becoming restored to more. I'm yours until the end of time. Update everyone. Course one registrations are back open. Whoop, whoop. This is an eight week course starting Thursday, September 14th. That is designed to help you and your spouse start the journey to becoming restored to more. It will be led by R2M certified coaches, Cody and Michelle Larson. We will be focusing on how to cultivate safety and trust, healthy communication, deal with triggers, and begin to discover how God can use crisis to create closeness. You can see all the details on our website and can register today at www.restoredtomore.com slash courses. Also, if you have appreciated this podcast, a great way to say thank you is leaving a five-star rating and a positive review. These reviews help more people find the podcast and experience hope and healing. Say my name until the city. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Restored to More. We are so excited for our guest. Clinton, why don't you let our listeners know about our guests? Yeah, absolutely. Today we have John and Karen Relos. Um, let me tell you a little about them individually. Karen is APSAP's certified partner coach. She is a Christian coach. She works with Dr. Sherry Keffer and facilitates Brave One groups, which is awesome. She also does individual coaching and a marriage ministry. She speaks at conferences, summits, churches, and has worked with different ministries for women for 25 plus years. So awesome work there, Karen. Oh my gosh, you're doing a ton of stuff. Way to go. But let's not leave out John, who's doing some great stuff too. John calls himself a corner man. I like that. Certified Brave Hearts mentor, men's group leader for empowered men, speaker at conferences, summits, and churches as well. Guys, thanks for being with us on the Restored to More podcast. Thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. us. Thank We're you. happy to be here. Talk well, to you guys. Well, before we dive in, I would love to um, have our listeners just hear more about who you guys are and um, more of your story, you know, yeah. and uh, how your story led you to what you've created today. And we might interrupt you a bunch. So just you go and, and we'll just keep, keep yeah. rolling. Jump in wherever, <laughs> jump in wherever. And our story is long, so we will try to condense it because yeah. well, we just celebrated our 39th anniversary wow. and uh, we are in the ninth year of our restoration journey. So um, there's definitely those date, you know, separate dates kind of thing. Mm. But we met when I was 15 years old. John was 19 on the beach in Southern California. And we fell madly in love. We weren't Christian. And so I think our relationship was based on a lot of sexual, you know, um, intensity and passion and love and all of that. But we, you know, we weren't really brought up with um, with those values. And so we. Um, John got himself an apartment on the beach and I ended up moving in with him very, very young. I mean, I literally was still in high school, um, but I took the GED to get out to work full time. And by the time I was 18, we got married 
and um, we were drinking. We we even did drugs. I mean, it was you know it was crazy lifestyle we live. We didn't have God, and so um, what we got married, and then we ended up. I mean, literally, we were sitting in a bar, and he said, "Why don't we settle down and have have a kid?" <laughs> And, um, and we got pregnant and we had our beautiful little girl, Jamie, no joke. Um, and she, but she is the one that's why we always share that is because she is the one that like God opened our eyes through her. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, having her brought me and, uh, you know, us out of like that lifestyle, obviously. And we like moved away a little bit from where we were living, um, not far, but just farther enough away that I was able to, you know, focus on being a mom. And she was like the best thing that happened to me and, you know, and to, and to John. And we ended up um, wanting to go to church for her. Wow. And then that's how God totally opened both of both of our eyes. And that's, we're so blessed in that. Like, it wasn't oh, yeah. just me, but his eyes were open too. And it was just like, we were, we were just, you know, all consumed with learning who Jesus was and, yeah. you know, and just not having that um, as, you know, our childhood. So with that, we became uh, parents young. And then we went on to have three more kids. And um, so we had four, like by the time I was 27 and then we ended up adopting two more brother and wow. sister. And that's a whole nother podcast and a whole nother God story, like an amazing God awesome story, story too. you know? And so, um, but we ended up having six kids, three boys and three girls, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy. And, um, and I, like in John's construction business, I, we were like, he started getting real successful and we bought a home by the beach and, um, you know, until we, until we adopted our kids and then we like, we're busting out of the seams. And so we ended up finding this beautiful property in Rolling Hills Estates. I don't know if you guys know where Palos Verdes is because you guys are Southern California people too. But um, we found a beautiful property right near our church. Mm, I yeah. designed it. Mm. He, he, we, 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 it was a fixer upper. And so John said, let's tear, you know, let's tear the sucker down. You design it. Cause I always wanted to be an architect. My mom worked for a huge architecture oh, wow. firm. So I designed it. He built it. We were this great team. Kind of like the, the White House, God's kind of, house. It was God's kind of like house. Chip and Joanna before it was ever. There was no Pinterest. There was no Chip and Joanna. There was no none of that stuff, mm-hmm. right? But ironically, I mean, I designed a beautiful farmhouse, white farmhouse with barn doors, marble counters, all that stuff. But Pinterest wasn't around. So anyway, it was a beautiful home. Yeah, we dedicated it to God, and we, like I said, we lived two blocks from our church. So we, it was awesome because we were able to um, host the all the high school, junior high groups in our home. We ended up building a pool first, and that's where they'd come and swim and stuff and do baptism. And then when we built the home, um, and it went on for fifteen years. And so basically, in those years, John was very successful. I was living my dream. Like mm-hmm. my dream was, you know, all these babies, right? Offering our home up, um, our, our marriage. Ministry. Ministry. Yeah. I, I gave yeah. John a 40th birthday party before we had remodeled, you know, we did the house and we danced to Shania Twain, you're still the one. And that like our friends like serenaded us, like 250 <laughs> people. And and it was like, it was like my, you know, my dream, like you're still the one. And it was like this beautiful moment. But I'll never forget, he would look at me with a disdain after that, like, like it didn't mean the same to him. Right. And that's where the story was. Things started to turn. Yeah. Yeah. Things started to turn. And now, mind you, let me go back. All of the falling in love. John came with cases of Playboys. There were strip clubs. There was lots of lust. But 
not being Christian. I thought that was normal, but I'll never forget not feeling enough, you know, 16 years old, right? Tiny little body, whatever. But I remember looking in the Playboys going, well, I'll never, I'm not that, <laughs> you know? And, um, and so there was always this underlying problem, but I didn't really know. I thought it was normal. So here we are, fast forward 20, 20, 25 years after the party I'd given him and things started to get tough. Right. I mean, do you want to, do you want to jump in? Anyway? No, keep going. I mean, okay. it, and then, so then he decided to give, I'm, I'm five years younger than John. So he gave me a 40th birthday party in our big, beautiful home, 250 people. Mm-hmm. And he got really, really drunk. And again, he, well, John, you can share about his father's, but he came from a lot of alcoholism and multiple fathers and a very traumatic childhood. So he never drank a lot. Once we had our baby and stuff, we had stopped all of that. And now he was starting to get drunk and, and just, you know, a lot of anger, abusiveness. And so at my party, he was dancing and hanging all over different women. And, you know, even to the point I walked out and he was all over hanging all over a neighbor's wife. And Mm -hmm. I was humiliated because it was my birthday and he didn't stop when I, they didn't stop when I walked out. And that was probably one of the like most painful things for me, you know, in our marriage, because I was just so hurt by that. I felt so ashamed that I wasn't celebrated Mm -hmm. and I'd bring in my pain. And that's where he did. He just, he got angry and angry and angry and pushed me away. So over the next like couple of years, it just got really, really ugly. Like, I mean, this went on for like eight years of, of a contempt for me. And I couldn't understand it because I was always trying to reach toward his heart and he'd go away. Right. I didn't get what I understand today. Right. But I, I, so I was, I would just move toward him and he'd move away and it just created distance and distance and he had, um, because we had been successful at that time, he had places in Mexico for surfing in Baja. I'm sure you know about that. You know, Clinton, like um, Scorpion Bay and stuff. He owned a surf shack there and stuff. And so he would go there a lot. And he started going there more and more. Then we bought a ranch out here in Texas because our daughter went to Baylor. And he said that was for our family. But then he started going there to hunt more and more kind of an escape, right. Running away. But again, I didn't understand it. And so I had all of this pain and I would try to share my pain, not knowing what we know now, John never dealt with pain, right. He learned to shove it down. So it just got so built up that, you know, he bought the lies, right. That, 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 that I'm a burden. I mean, you, you jump in on this. Yeah. Looking back, it was, it was, Looking back at it, I, I cannot believe the attitude and the mindfulness that I had for what God had given us in family, in business, in life. I had one foot in in the pit and a, and, and a big foot uh, in in uh, a man of character, got a godly spirit of Jesus follower and a believer, and and did believe, and yet I still went down a road and fell through bad mm-hmm. choices. But I always got used to from as a child, the first thing that had happened when I had a couple of deaths, but I got on a skateboard and mm-hmm. then I started dreaming of surfing and I dreamed of surfing Hawaii and specifically mainland Mexico and, and other places. And I started surfing and that was a, a real escape for me. Mm-hmm. And it continued through my adult. 
And it wasn't that I was acting out in surfing where I was going, but I was running and I loved not having being so-called burdened with bills, family problems, schedules. But he could just connect. He could just detach. Right. And he'd be gone. And I'd be left at home with all of our kids for like, and then we're talking like multiple times. And so I would have this like struggles before he'd leave because I wouldn't understand why he wouldn't like, hey, let's like, let's do something before I leave. I'm here for you. You know, all of that attachment type of thing. And he'd be gone. I put all my energy into my truck and what I'm bringing for the drive to to stay on the beach. And that's exactly what it was like. And, um, but having that, the attitude that I had, I got, I must say, um, I, I was so confused and conflicted in the way that I thought that I did not appreciate this, our story. I did not appreciate the gifts that had been given so freely. Yeah. I would uh, share a story and, and he would start like, and so like looking at me, like, like, what do you want to share that for? I mean, it's like, so going back to that song after my comeback, now you got to keep in mind that it's such a, I don't know how this happened to where I would be married to someone. I'd be so blessed to have a wife that would actually realize and see things that would actually want her to help heal me after, after what I had done in sexual uh, sin against my marriage. And, and certainly the attitude, the betrayal, the heartbreak of, what do you mean your husband's gone? What, where's John? I mean, that must have been terrible. Yeah. And terrible. And I didn't feel it at all. I, I, I would run from the interaction. I would run from the interaction. And, you know, from the time when my, the only man that stayed with my mother, he was dying of cancer. They gave him four days to leave, live. I got on a plane, headed to Austin, went and got my truck, got my surfboards and headed down to some Matagorda. There's no waves down there, but that's where a lot of stuff started. And I'll, and I had a comeback. It took me a year to get through the lies, at least a year uh, to get through the lies of what God had basically put in my heart and my mind for sure was, I know what you've done. Go back and tell them if they, you know, won't accept you. I'm more than good enough. That was, I mean, that right. is real. Well, let's go back to what happened. But it took, ye- it took a year to, for me because God doesn't heal partially. He won't go part way. I had to go all the way, didn't yeah, I? Yeah. Didn't but he I? also had to go. Yeah. Like for some guys, you know, it takes this or that, right? Whatever our rock bottom is. But in our story, so just to fast forward to where he's going here, yeah. it got things just got terrible. And then for like two years straight, he John was rarely home. He'd go yeah. to Mexico or, or to our ranch. Like I'm talking like 90 days in a whole year. He was not home. And I was just in, I didn't know it was trauma, right? But I was, I was just traumatized by all of this. We were well known in the community. We were both born and raised there. We had all this ministry in our home. I was on the ministry team. Mm-hmm. He took t- teams down to Katrina. Like all we had, you know, he had all these God moments, all of these things. Wonderful. And then and then I'm living with this. And so, and he's known as this great guy and all, you know, all of this. And it was just so hard for me. And like, but then it started to combust because I'd be having a church thing and they'd be like, where's John? You know, right. And he's not there. Yeah. And then he wasn't coming home. They didn't come back and our kids were affected and it got so ugly, but, and I tried to go to like some intensives. We did a few, a few things like that. I begged him to go counseling and, <laughs> and he'd give me enough to hold on to hope, you know, and then, Long story short, he ended up, it was May 2010 and it was Mother's Day. 
and our youngest son the Thursday before Cinco de Mayo and our youngest son said, daddy went to Mexico. He didn't tell me. And I was like, what? And in our counseling, because I had not had any boundaries, we had all agreed, like, if John was to go again, he's not coming back this time. Like, it's not, things are going to be different. And so I knew in my gut that he left. He's not coming back. Like, he knows that he's not coming back. So I panicked because mom of six kids, Mother's Day. Wait, what? Like, this is what I'm supposed to be honored. And, and now I'm alone. And I mean, again, I've lived two years plus with a man going and not answering phones and stuff. So I'm sitting there, you know, calling him, crying, screaming, begging, Mm. nothing, not a word, Mm. not a word. And I wanted to die. That's like one of my darkest moments is that right before Mother's Day. And then all my kids were amazing with me, but they were hurting, too. And then. On that Monday, when they all went back to college and school and all of that, I just sat there in my dream home with all of my dreams shattered, so broken, and a man that wouldn't respond to me. And I was forced to face the world. And so that's where he's coming from on on, on that running and not feeling anything. He, I mean, I would just be like, don't you miss me? How can you sleep at night? Like, you know, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. That's right. And it was so traumatic for me, but that's where that was my rock bottom. That's where I had to learn to let go and give him to God. Like I, I had, you know, thought I'd been doing that all along, but clearly like he needed to go for me to like fully let go and to get to the help. That's where I found, well, it was summertime. I was May. So then I didn't get to a counselor till September till my kids went back to school officially. And that whole summer was the hardest summer of my life. I mean, I was just so broken and life was still going on with my kids and all of that people talking. And even in the church, the church wasn't there for me. They hurt me. They, you didn't know what to do with me. I mean, it was, it was very hard. And so, and with a husband that went blank and they all knew him. Well, they all knew us very well. Uh, very well. It was very, that I went, I went into hiding. Yeah. I went, I went into hiding and uh, he ended up moving the, into quite his frankly, office. when I was when I was down, I did not want to come back and confront what what it what had happened and what had been happening. And I was a coward. And I sat there. I'll never forget it on that Monday when I, you know, going, is this really what I want? Well, he went do out I, to Texas. Do I the, want this? I mean, and, and, and it was yeah, well, I was on a tractor and I stopped and, and down near Houston. And we're out of Houston. There's a fog. There's a fog every morning because there's a lot of humidity. And I'm going, do I really, is this really what I'm chasing uh, is hunting and fishing and ranch life? Well, mind you, he's also cheating on me. Okay. So, so it wasn't just that, but it kind of all in our story, it kind of, there was like multiple extramarital affairs on top of sexual, physical affair. There's also this whole like life of this like dream of escape and, mm-hmm. and the ranch or surfing. And so, and I had already been dealing with all of that for so long on top of lust, on top of por- catching with porn on top, like there was all these things, but, but I couldn't do anything about them, you know? And so they were crazy making, and I lost myself in that in, you know, there was abuse, there was neglect, there was, you know, verbal abuse. And I was just so broken and such a pleaser and wanted to, you know, I was scared and I wanted my family today. I don't shame myself because I was trying to fight for my family and, you know, and, and do yeah. what was best. But at the same time, I lost myself. And what I always share with, you know, with, with my clients, partners is that God would never call us to, to lose ourselves at the cost of our marriage. 
and that, you know, he wants our hearts first and foremost. And the man in repentance. Right. I'm not shameful yeah. about, I, I've, of course, I have regret and, and hurt and there is shame and there, it will not go away, but I will not let it get over what he has done to me, for me in, in bringing me back. So that's overshadowed uh, as far as yeah. for, for me, I, a man, being a man in repentance. Yeah. Right. But for it's, my healing, it, I had to like, I had, I, she I had, had six kids looking at me that were also broken. Yeah. And I, like I said, I had lost myself. I was a mess. I mean, they knew too much. I mean, it was just messy, terrible, terrible, messy, messy. Oh, but then terrible. finally it was like, okay, God, what do you want in my heart? Mm-hmm. I don't have control. In fact, I was joked, like I kind of ducked so God could punch him, <laughs> you know, like you got him now I'm done. Oh, I can't handle yeah. it. I need to deal with myself because I lost myself all the texting and all this. Stuff. He wouldn't really even respond. So finally I started to get well and I started to pull back and I started to stop text. I stopped texting him and I, I started to find this like empowerment. This was even before a counselor. And I stopped responding because that was making me in the crazy, you know, the crazy making the crazy train. And, and so when people ask me, oh, you're going to, you know, you're going to file a divorce, you're going to file a divorce. And I, so I went to a, I went to a lawyer and I, I got some wisdom and I realized, you know, he wouldn't have to pay for kids college or kids from Christian school, like all these things. So I had some peace there that I, just told people that, you know what, I'm waiting on God. I I'll deal with that when I need to, but for right now it's best that I don't do that. So that like gave me peace. And then I found the counselor and she was just doing the abscess training at the time. And no one knew about abscess. And, and she, she was great. She was really challenging to me. And and also she got on her knees with me and prayed for me for John because she I brought in letters, love letters and things. And she saw that like we had something special and it was many years and all our kids and everything. And she, um, she was really good, but she also challenged me and um, she Mm -hmm. got really deep with some questions Mm -hmm. and some things like my negative, my, you know, most deepest wound is I'm insignificant. And that was like a light bulb went off when I realized like, wow, like, even in, I had a pretty, really good childhood, pretty good, but there was definitely some neglect. We were latchkey kids. And so my mom and dad both worked full time. And so that, that insignificance was there, you know? And so then I married into, and again, not my fault. I would just pair bond to what's familiar and, you know, with a great guy, my parents are great parents, but doesn't give me the time or the emotional, you know, not allowed to have emotional needs. And so, and even to the point, you know, that, I had had an abortion at 16, John's our baby. And I realized in that counseling office that day that he wasn't there. Like I never thought about it. And I didn't care. And she said, what (laughs) in your age, at your age, would do that alone? And I was like, I have no idea. And that was, and I just share that, you know, humbly and honestly, you know, biggest regret of my life. Right. Like I, that's the one thing I have the biggest regret over. And I've, you know, I've worked through all of that, but it's real. just to know that like, I didn't sure. even have him come. I don't remember crying or yelling, you know, telling him I need him there. Yeah. Right. And so, so that is where my healing journey, you know, I started to find my worth and I started to have boundaries and I started to protect my kids and started to get well. And then I started to look at him and have compassion and understand from a distance, from, yes, a distance, from a distance, because he was a mess. Yep. He was a yeah, mess. Yeah. And I was looking at him going, wow, as I started to get well, and I don't mean it in a judgy way, I just mean it like, wow, I started to see truth. And I started to understand that wasn't about me. Didn't matter what I looked like. And I always tell them I was at my best rock and shape ever. We were successful. Like everything was like at its best when he left me. 
And so, you know, and sexually, like all those things, like I went through all of that. It was like, no, I took care of my husband. I was I know, like, and so like I help, you know, share that because it's like, it's not about us. It's not about us. It's not what about my body. It's not about my, you know, sex. It's not about any of those things. It's his own stuff. And I started to see, you know, his family of origin. And now he had five alcoholic fathers and all of this, and that he saw this behavior he got left. So then I started to sort of separate myself from him in that sense, even though it impacted me greatly, right. And get well. And then to just kind of close it down. Cause it's, it goes on. Like yeah, said, it's, it's, long. it's a long, but that he, he, a year later, he admitted. So a year later, I'm doing pretty good. I'm like moving on, moving forward. And, and you, you guys know, weren't together during that whole life. thing. And you guys weren't together during that whole part that year. It was just you and the kids, right? John, you were doing. Yeah. I mean, he'd pop in or he'd drop off a check or like, I mean, you know, and that was a whole, you know, nightmare mess, but he, as long as he was paying for the house, I was still living in the house and all of that. But yeah, there was real not not much contact and and the kids, the kids were all abandoned as well. Mm -hmm. So then, um, but then I had come out of church with the kids um, and I had been praying for him. And I texted him for the first time in a very long time and did not even want to text back. I just had to let him know that I was praying for his heart. And I did. And he immediately responded back. Wow, Karen, I feel your prayers and I'm miserable. And, and I so, was. And that was a lot. <laughs> then he sent me a picture of a buck he had shot or something. He said, see that smile, it's fake. So that's that was the beginning of like having boundaries and him meeting me at counseling a few months later. And he'd meet me at counseling. We'd drive separately and we're talking Orange County, right, to our home. So like 45 minute drive, we'd meet down there. And um, that's what he was talking about, like, you know, walking beside him, but, you know, together in the counseling. And then I didn't know, though, he had been lying to me and the counselor for Mm -hmm. that entire year as well. She asked him point blank if he had been unfaithful. He denied it. Um, And then he went to, uh, you know, a, a men's workshop and he came back and did the dump bomb. So that was another huge trauma for me because everyone in the community thought we were reconciling. Unsupervised disclosure. Yeah. And all, can of, that, be all of that mess. A yeah. Real, a mess. And I mean, I fell to the floor in shock, total shock. My body collapsed, you know, the fight, flight, freeze, fawn, right? Like, boom, I was down. Then, then I had to get up and do some really hard things. And it got really ugly, 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 ugly messy for the next few months. I mean, we're talking, you know, our kids found out, I mean, screams, a daughter quit soccer in college. I mean, it was ugly and messy. And um, thank God we had, you know, the counselor to help us navigate that mess. And I was in shame. So I couldn't tell anyone because they all thought we were reconciling. And then I was in this shock and trauma. So I was very isolated for like three months. I lost like 25 pounds. Um, it was a mess. But then he got honest and he got, he broke and I was broken. And together in that brokenness, we believe we were broken together and we healed broken together and that Jesus was in the center and he learned to hold my heart and he learned to be honest and he learned to face my hurt and he learned to hold it and have empathy. And he'd learned to walk along the beach and stop and pray and ask me how my heart is and let me weep and hold me and just ask me what I need and not defend and minimize. And, Mm -hmm. and he started to feel what that was like in, in, with me and it was so powerful and we started to heal and then we had all the kids and that was a long journey too you know one of our sons didn't talk to him for a year but eventually he went to each heart 
and he listened and he validated and he just had to be that man to show he wasn't going to leave mom again. And it was, you know, it turned out to be a beautiful story now messy and ugly and recovery and counseling once a week, plus counseling on our own once a week, plus EMDR, plus the men's group, plus the women's group. Mm. I mean, it, you guys know recovery is, is tough and it's a long journey. And, um, but we just feel that only by God's grace, like it was a miracle. He, the man that I never thought would come back because he doesn't face pain, not only came back and faced my pain, they came back and faced our community. He, he called people, he called our kids school. He Everything. openly, he just, wow. he, he would cry to everyone and ask for forgiveness. And, and my parents openly, you know, forgave him and they're good, yes, good yes. like that. They welcomed yes. him. Um, but it was, it was messy. And there's no pretty yeah. tied up bows or any of that stuff, even though, you know, there is a lot of beauty out of it, but it's also, um, you know, I don't think one as a man, one can sit and, and look back like I am right now and realize the amazement of the wife that God had given me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard because until you reach a, a level of sobriety and truth, and certainly for me, it was a fight from the inside out. Uh, I had to get real tough. Don't let the tears of joy and 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 hurt because my wife is amazing. Uh, fool you! It was it was a fight for me to come out. Um, being a coward and having so many things in my heart, some trial not trials but tra- a lot of traumas and a lot of things that I would never even think of myself were buried in myself, and these things started coming out. And once with our counselor who I, I must say was awesome. And that's where we got a lot from how we work together with men and women yes, absolutely. through repetition and being able to correct evenly with, with the pair, with a couple practice. practice. It's, it's so it, that's how we did it because being a liar, being a coward, being somebody that's this great guy, being something where I didn't want to admit what I did, who I really was. And I certainly didn't want to think about the things that I had faced and seen as a child from four years, you know, from all the way. Well, up. that was the other thing that we and did so, too in the counseling. Yeah, the, the, the we, trauma. yeah we went through that, but I, I got to say now sitting here and that's what these podcasts get to me and you know, it, <laughs> because I am sitting here right now in victory. Um, and have to stay in victory through brokenness and still have to fight every bit as much as I did nine years ago to stay consistent. And, you know, it is hard. It is not easy for me because I, I still want to turn away. You know, let's look t- tomorrow. Let's look. T- you need to go back and you need to look. But I'm in amazement of how she just told the story. How I feel now about it compared to what I felt in our life. And go back to that song. (laughs) The song, uh, that Shania Twain song, we came back after sobriety, three, four years. We're into this and we're in Florida and we're speaking at a conference. We're speaking at a conference. Love. I mean, godly women are amazing, by the way, our women. But anyway, but I'm going to say. We're in the rental car. We're in a rental car. And he and here, wait, first real quick, he didn't want the rental. He wanted a convertible. So we switched our <laughs> rental car and got a convertible because we were going to go spend a couple of days alone. Now the conference is over. It was special time. And it was special time. And we're driving. So we switched the car. We got the convertible and we're driving down the road and he's, we're trying oh. to get the top off. So we're going to pull over in a, in a gas station and guess what song comes on? 
Well, I, I automatically start to turn it. And I, I reach I, I for the thing to, to turn it off, too. <laughs> we both. I mean, I've learned to do that, right? Like, eh, you know. don't want to hear that song. Bring us back to that. I don't want to talk but, about it. But I turned the car the wrong way in the 7-Eleven. We pulled over. We turned that thing up. And wasn't that the we greatest? Both, we both wept. We, <laughs> it, was it, it was the most beautiful, amazing moment, I think, in the last four or five years that, that and and so what we were I'm both just because he was like I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I missed your heart and I was like <laughs> just like you know and, and this is when like... we are recovered we're, we're in restoration and things are good and we know better but it it is amazing to look back at all the layers in what we know now still need to take place right? yeah and what yeah. we know now is so special because what she was explaining no one would know how special she really is truly to design of a house being a mother being the Christian woman she is. She's real, the real deal. But I got to say something. I didn't deserve it. <laughs> and it, it, I look back at that and I, I get hurt. Now, could that be why I, I could not live with myself with whatever I had, including I could go, you talk waves, whatever it may be. Waves of women. And- Forget the, the, just for me, you know, the freedom of doing what I wanted to do. That's what I was in love with. And, you told me you left me for freedom. And also, I would judge, make a judgment on, well, the South Swells aren't hitting unless they only go some certain time, and I got to stay longer. And I wouldn't tell you, I'd miss you. I'm staying for the, I'm staying for the swell. So what I'm getting at, I guess, is I, I came to a place where I realized this girl that I met on the beach, I couldn't live with myself for what I'd done to you, and I had done it all to you. And I'm sitting there, going, what do I do? Well, I can't he was live at our with myself. Ranch. It was at a ranch that I had designed a ranch too. Oh. And I didn't know I was designing it for him for a place to be unfaithful yeah. to me. I was designing it for our future grandkids. And we love Texas and we were still living in California. And um, and so I designed this cool ranch for you know him to be unfaithful unknowingly. But there he said he sat at the ranch with the wall that I had built, all the stone wall. And I used to pray for his heart of stone to be <laughs> soft again. And that just got us so good because he sat there looking at the stone of his own wall in his heart and said, like, this, like, but it also reminded him of me, like that, that I designed that the house and the stone. And then he started to. Like, I kept like, thinking about like the girl choice. I met on the beach that took a chance for me with me and went so far and the love I could not live with myself. And no matter what anyone would give me or go anywhere with what I had done. And that that still took a year from there for me to make a real comeback because I had to go all the way. And, and so when I started going all the way, that's why I when I work with men and, you know, I call my, they're my, they're my brothers. I love, I, I can't judge anything anymore. I, I don't judge. I don't even think about what sin is there. I don't even think about the type of sin, nothing. I look at it as a man has to fight and I had to fight and I look at it like a championship fight and it's 90 to one. And I'm the, and, and you're the underdog. So know how, know your opponent know your opponent, then train up to get in the fight. You can win the fight spiritually and biblically. And so I, that's what brought me through. I had no coaching in this, but what a coward and a liar that I was. And I had held so much stuff back from my childhood. I I never told one person that I was sexually abused, not one person ever. I didn't even tell myself 
I, I for 30 years, I would just, I buried so many of the violence that right. I was around as a child. Yeah. And but minimize the trauma because that's it, what they it, do, But right? it gives no reason for what I had done. No, me. no excuse. And but, I, I but gotta say, I knew I should have known better. But it's, that, it's that intimacy though. Right. And then that's but, why, you know, I'm in, I went and got my intimacy anorexia coaching certification as well, because that's a big part of our story. And so many, not every addict, right. But so many in that fear of being known who would have thought like a 15, 19, I wouldn't have known that he was sexually abused until all of this. The beautiful thing about that was I got to sit in that office with him and the counselor all, I didn't say a word. She gave me a, a Sharpie on a big giant um, spiral poster board thing. And he went through zero to, you know, 20 or whatever, all of his traumas. And I wrote them down. Mm-hmm. I got to be invited into that space that was safe for him. And, and I was in a health, you know, I was in a place because we were doing okay. And he'd hold my heart and all that stuff. I couldn't have done that prior but so, and so hard like, for but, a, but a wife like to do that him sharing <laughs> him sharing that and then she'd look at her like about sexual abuse and then she looked at him and said john what is it like to know your wife's not going anywhere leaving you because of that and he would just weep you know the shame that sits there that hold you know that satan has on those early wounds and foundations of trauma that it gives you the lie that you're never enough or whatever the thing is right and so and there's so many um, of them yeah. and there's also and a part of, of that where and, uh, i yeah, i would say i want her to go i want her she needs to go somewhere she needs to do, leave me she needs to you know it, it, what about that i mean yeah. the thoughts and, and that's where that's where i say where the fight is 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 because we have to get over what we what we think first off forgive ourselves that's the key right first thing because we our opponent our, our enemy it's it is from the inside out we have to get up and stand up and become a man in repentance and because we have to create a place where the shame is not worn on my forehead anymore when I'm looking into my wife's eyes and I broke her heart murdered her I am not I cannot react respond and say no, it didn't happen that way. Mentally, subliminally, I, you cannot have that here or here. You well, must, yeah, you must hard. listen. And so I learned the that there's a lot in that, that. And then with your men's you know, group, you learned that too. And he had a great support men's group too. The yeah, whole time and, that working through all of that, right. that vulnerability, learning to be vulnerable and then the counselor too. So anyway, all that to say, yes. So that's, and, and we believe like some of our deepest hurts though have helped us with working with couples because, you know, we didn't have the help. So that's also why we're so passionate um, God you know, taught us a lot. Yeah. The traumas he didn't taught know about. So he helps the guys with, yes. you know, with their traumas and stuff. And for me with women and having my husband leave that all the brokenness for me and how important it is to have a voice. And I work kind of, my specialty is like in that me- me- messy middle, you know, with the women waiting <laughs> with their husbands, not in full recovery yet. And all of that. That's our, and that, you know, that's like, our I share all that because I, I lost myself and I overcompensated and I did all these things. Right. And we all didn't share what not to do just follow us. Cause we can tell you what not to do because we have all those. And that's the other thing. Like I, I'm, I don't, how many years are you guys in recovery? Four, four and a half, something like that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Four, yeah. that's it. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure you guys have had bumps along the road too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so many bumps along the road and like, we've had things with, you know, I won't go into all of it, but yeah. you know, where like a Starbucks person is like, Hey John, we walk in and it's a woman. And like, you know, like things like that, though I'm like, huh? Right. And it like causes a whole scene yeah. and we're like, I've wait, what? A woman walks safety. up to us at a dinner and says, Hey John, and walks up to her like, uh, wait, what? And like, we had to deal with all of those. And things, how did right? this Starbucks woman come about? <laughs> I'm giving a testimony on marriage in Starbucks. And, and and this is where this is where the fight comes in. You must divulge. You must not divulge. Have a, boundaries. a I have a boundary list. Yeah. And I will not have Facebook. I will not have Instagram, of course. And I, you know, three, I got the 380 or the 360. That was probably yeah. the first one. All of those things. Yeah. But you have to. That's another story in itself is maintaining integrity because you can you're you always have an opponent out there always saying, you know, okay, it could be the yeah. best intentions, yeah. but if you go anywhere and meet any, if any woman, anyone, I, I tell her now, 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 now <laughs> you know, any, yeah. anything, and, yeah. and it could be for the best intentions, but, but that being said, there's a, there's a lot to that. Well, the and what rebuilding we do of now. trust and the restoring and, you know, and as an absence coach, safety is everything, right? Like it can't, we can't go anywhere if we don't have emotional safety at home. And the stability, you know, stabilization and those things, how important that is and rigorous honesty and the truth, whether that be through a therapeutic disclosure and all of those things. We can't really have that true intimacy if we're not allowing ourselves to be fully known and if she doesn't have that truth. So, yeah. So that kind of sums it up. I'm sorry it took so long. Yeah, sorry. There's so much to to it, you guys. But we love the fact, Clinton, I love the fact that your younger father and both of you, a younger couple, because I know that that we 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 have a lot to to be able to to, to give to the younger. I love having the younger men because yeah, sure. they gotta know what the heck you know who the opponent is, and you know we gotta know who we're in the fight with. It's not it's not our wives, you know. And so that's that's my passion is that I'm able to be able to give a direct and concise realization that it's a fight. I don't care if. I mean, people say, you know, you're broken. Yeah, but you can't be soft on yourself or soft on what you're doing. The mission is you have to look at it as if John Wayne is Jesus with you. And you've (laughs) got to go into this with brothers. You have to have confidentiality, but you got to have brothers. And you've got to take it like it is a fight and know your opponent. It's It's not her, but it's what you think. She thinks about you or what you think you're saying about, no, that sin wasn't the way it makes yeah, you feel. On the healing, and yeah. and it, it's so important. And a lot of people miss, in other words, the encouragement. That's why I say the quarter man, because I encourage to fight for us as men, to fight for our families. God is not weak. Uh, God is not going to do the fighting for us, the spirit of Jesus. He's not going to fight for us, but he says he will rescue us. So it's our responsibility to fight. I need to continue that fight. I mean, I, in our, you know, in our relationship all the time, but it's real. And when somebody gets it, this is the gift from the Lord. When they get this, what I try, what I learned crazy, how I learned it through boxing and through the only man that ever stayed with my mother when he died, I came back the Friday, my redeemer had the sense. It's as if God held me for a year, I'm going to heal you. And the only man that you always said that ever encouraged you, they gave him four days to, to live. And well, he lived a lot longer. That's another story. Another story. But on Friday, I came back 
And on Monday, I delivered, I was able to go to him in confidence and, and share Christ with him. And, and he accepted Christ and he, he never on his death. Again. He died four, four hours later. What I'm getting at is it is a fight. And, and men can't be sitting back on their heels and sitting like, I'm weak. I did this. I did it. You know, yeah, you did. But you got to get off the mat. You got to get out of the corner and you got to go forward. And so what I've seen, and, and there's so much in it that, thank you, honey, for being the, you know, being here. But I mean, it's like, there's so much that I've learned that I, I know from what God did for me because I was a coward, I, liar. And so it's like, uh, I look at that and I'm so thankful, so thankful, but don't let the tears of thankfulness drown out the fact that uh, you got to be tough. You got to get out and fight for yourself. You got to fight for well, the inside fight out for yourself. I mean, I think and that's you got to know so. your opponent and, yeah. and know the opponent How then you can fight the opponent. That's the key yeah. for, for me. And so what's a blessing. I've never asked for a dollar for, for everything I do. Uh, I've seen pastors come back, come back because they fought. It's amazing. But when they don't fight, I see them. I see them for years. It's just, it, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. But I, and that probably answers your question that you, I think you were going to ask about the like, uh, you know, the thing that what, what was it the misconception, right? And just that, you know, recovery, uh, uh, you know, sobriety isn't just recovery, right? I mean, it's an ongoing definitely fight, and um, you know, it's ongoing. And, and that's why, I mean, I don't know if you want to segue into what, you know, our, our um, couples, you know, group, but that's it's why. Probably, that's we, what I was going to ask you next. So keep going. Yeah. You know, plenty, plenty of you guys, I don't sit, I don't, I'm not a crybaby. I, I don't look at, I am a, You're gonna I'm a me, John. Man. You're going to fool me. I encourage men, John. I encourage men to step around and think the right, get rid of the stinking thinking, you know, and get into your wife's heart and get into you know, the forgiveness and just see how the healing works because it is absolutely amazing. I've never had a feeling in my life. I could take off on 30 foot wave at, at Jaws and I get <laughs> nothing, nothing surpasses the fact the first time that in that counseling office, I saw her smile and happiness. I couldn't believe it all because it was coming to light because what is can't be healed if it's concealed. Right. And when it came out, you guys, I was blown away. And that's what well, my prayer the is. Of the heart, right. And like, right. like charity would know, like that, we need to be heard and validated and just share the hurt and you guys don't have to fix it. It's just allowing us to, to share what we're feeling and just to, you know, try to put yourself in our shoes of what that would be like. And that I know that's easier said than done. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's where so much healing, it, you know, takes place, you know, in that sense. And though therefore, yes, Clinton, the redemption road, our mission is to provide ongoing support mm. for couples as they navigate the journey. And again, ongoing, whether it's nine years, whether, you know, right. whatever, I mean, whether they're coaches and husbands, I mean, whatever, yeah. but it's something we wished we had that, that we could just be together in a community that's ongoing and deal with whatever comes up in the topics in the safe space. That's not social media. And that is 
you know, um, love obviously confidentiality. In some ways and, and, um, led, you know, topic led and, and John's going to do breakouts with the guys and, you know, and I can help share the like betrayal trauma is and what that looks like. And with the absats model and trauma focused for the men, cause I mean, I'm sure you guys know too, working with couples, a lot of couples still, they don't have the proper help of the safety and understanding what that looks like. And, you know, and so I'm used to the codependent model still, or the co-ed model and all of that stuff. So, um, and we're not here to replace counseling or anything, no, right? Just no. to be an addition, but for some people, they don't have it and they're in a place where there is nothing. And so to offer help and hope for them too, and just for other couples to connect and know they're not alone to know, you know, the whole like road verbiage, you right. know, the detours and the ditches and the pit it, it it's become evident and the yeah. long turns and all things we've done. And Karen's awesome. I mean, when they tell a guy tells me, yeah, my wife is Karen. <laughs> she's my wife's coach. I go, Oh boy. <laughs> I mean, you know, cause you're going to get it. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. She can have healthy boundaries. She's going to yeah, ask for what she right. needs. She's going to ask for what she needs. She's going to know how to identify her feelings. She's going to, you know, she's going to know what's best for her. Right. But what's best for her is what's best for him is what's best for the marriage right. is what's best for the family is what's God honoring. Like yeah. that to me is like, and when a man can understand that, right through everything his wife needs or vice versa or whatever right is it what's good for me is it what's good for you is this what's good for the marriage absolutely mm. you know i and today like of course we solve our conflicts and stuff right but i feel yeah, empowered sounds- when i say this is how i feel this is what i need and if you're not able to give it to me well at some point i'm going to need you to but this is how i feel like and i have confidence in myself that i can just communicate clearly and i can ask for these things i can share what i need and whether he takes it or not but that doesn't take away my feelings right, right so like right. just that healthiness and all of that it, and, it, you know- and just walking beside couples in this together part because we've done it together and separate in so many years but we've so not many, had them all together that's why i'm excited about so, it because yeah. it, you know you can deal you know you can work with men you're you know i call my brothers i all of them but i want to be able to have the the opportunity to have both come together in in some sort of setting where we can see what what i deal with with men how they can approach it because what i learned from this is it takes an angel of our wives and believe me, they are to be part of that healing. And it's so hard because they're not Jesus, but we're almost asking them to be the spirit filled person to, to step in and say, I have to have my boundaries and do my part. If I want to heal this marriage. And how do you convey that unless you can convey it together and, or be able to have them do reconciliation and work together and be corrected or and be ripped through repetition and taught, uh-huh. and taught just like I was because I couldn't do it. But and, also, and, you know, a lot of the guys don't have the capacity and all of those things, right? So, you know, a lot of my training has is understanding of that and attachment. I've had attachment training, things like that, understanding where attachment patterns come from, and then the attachment in, injury from betrayal trauma and all of that too and just how that needs to heal and be safe we do need to know like are you there for me we do need you know that responsiveness that non-responsive that i got all those years right that oh yeah terrible like all of that caused you know so much stress and that intimacy avoidance and those those roadblocks and those barriers that get in the way whether it be shame or whether it be you know creating distance because of fear and all those things right but learning to move toward her 
And then, then of course, we have, as you know, Terry, we need to take our part in moving toward them. But again, that we need safety in order to do that. So not to, you know, minimize that. But that's our heart is to to provide an ongoing um, group for that. That, and we don't know what's going on. Right? God is going to, you know, that's why we want our founding members to kind of come in and and be a part of it and interact and and help us form whatever that's going to look like. Like we want to hear their feedback and all of those things, but I think it is going to be pretty awesome. So yeah, that's, you yeah. Know, we, we, and we just think it's so needed because again, you know, I know you guys are doing some couple stuff and that's great too. And that, you know, looks a little different or whatever. And that's what's so awesome is we're all in this together. That's right. As brothers and sisters. It's crazy and how it's uncreative not, all know, this stuff sin has yeah, been. But he's how, not creative how, at all. He's just, no, but how creative God is though, he because is, he's he got like a calling for each of us. That's not like competition. It's like oh, right. we're in this together with yeah. the same heart and passion out of the pain and and that he does have these unique call-ins for us. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm like the nine years I've been in it, like all my coaching sisters and stuff, like it is such a beautiful gift out of the ashes, you know, and I, it doesn't minimize the pain and the heartache and all of that stuff. No. But okay. to like, you know, and I'm at the point now where my clients are becoming coaches and things like that, you know, where I see, you know, someone who's had to get divorced, like now we've gone to weddings, there's a remarriage of some, you know, with a great guy or whatever. And so like, it's, it's just a beautiful gift that I wouldn't change for anything. And mind you, I thought I was going to be, well, I didn't think it was going to be, but I mean, like I, with the whole like designing thing, our house was in country home, country living. We were the published, like, I, you know, we were doing all like, I was like the photographer, had the six kids, did adoption. Like, oh, I could have been like that blogger, right? That like, had it all. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, I like, I laugh because I'm like, well, God had another story for me. Like it was, mine's the shattered story. Mine's the broken story. But you know what? Ooh. I would not change it for Neither anything. would I. I would not. No. I mean this is real. This is authentic. There's no, you know, like we are openly broken. We share that all the time and that, you know, we hope we've encouraged hearts today and that, you know, if anyone's interested in, in, in joining our group, that's going to launch just in like two weeks that they oh, can cool. pre-register and they can, and I think I gave you the link and you can pre-register and, and we're going to, you know, get going. And if they have any questions, they can reach out to me too. I'm happy right. to share. I'll right. put that in the yeah. show notes. So um, all the listeners who are listening right now, if you want to be a part of that community, it will be in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for sharing your story. Oh my gosh, you guys are a power to be reckoned with. And you can just see God's restoration, his hand and healing power all over you guys and just hope. And I know that our listeners are going to be so encouraged. And um, yeah. it, you are the couple at the light. You're the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, where a couple just is like, I don't know if I can make it it's so dark in here. And you are that little, little glimmer of hope for them um, when they're listening to this today. So thank you guys so much um, for doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. I'm yours until the end of time. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Follow us on Instagram and sign up for the upcoming course. You can also connect with us on the Ask Us Anything page at RestoredToMore.com. Also, quick note, all the work at Restored to More Inc., including this podcast, is made possible by our donors and financial partners. We wouldn't be here without those who have generously given to the cause of restoration. If you ever feel led to give, you can do so on the donate page on our website, 